This morning, our story picks up where we left off after Easter. We are an Easter people, are we not? And over these next few weeks, we are in the season of what's called Easter Tide. And Mallory was asking me about this this week. She's like, what in the world is Easter Tide? You're just making words up now, I think. And I said, no, it's a real thing, because uh, the way that the liturgical calendar works, uh, we are actually in the season of Easter, not the season after Easter. And so over the, over the next six weeks, uh, for, actually for seven weeks, including Easter Sunday, we are celebrating Easter every single week. And then uh, after 50 days, we celebrate Pentecost. And that's kind of how Eastertide comes to an end. And that's when the Holy Spirit is breathed onto the apostles and, and the church is kind of launched into that. And so through Eastertide, we're going to be uh, exploring this gospel of rock idea and uh, taking various uh, themes from rock songs uh, as they help us uh, speak to the themes in, season, uh, in the season of Easter. So today we are starting with the story of Thomas. And uh, this, this uh, Thomas guy often kind of gets a bad rap. He's often known as Doubting Thomas, right? And, and uh, throughout church history, he's, he's kind of given um, a, bad, a bad reputation uh, for not believing right away when everybody else did. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Thomas. Uh, we're in the Gospel of John, and every, every Gospel kind of tells the story of Jesus and uh, a little bit differently. And in the Gospel of John, Thomas uh, has a couple of different appearances. The first time he shows up is in uh, chapter 11. And in the Gospel of John, that's kind of when Jesus starts heading to Jerusalem and into his passion narrative and those kinds of things. And uh, J- Jesus says, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. And John, who you might kind of think of as an Eeyore character. You remember Eeyore from um, Winnie the Pooh? He, he's kind of this sulking uh, guy who just always deals in uh, reality and is kind of a pessimist at heart and a little bit cynical. He kind of, he says this when Jesus says that we're going to go to Jerusalem. Thomas says, all right, let's go, I guess let's go and die with Jesus, you know, and uh, so let's, let's go do this. Uh, He's actually somewhat correct he, he's kind of a prophet in this respect and saying, let's go die with Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know how, how much he realized he was speaking truth in that moment, but he was. Um, but he's kind of taking this pessimistic view. And then we hear from him again in John 14, when Jesus says, I go before you to prepare a place for you, and, and you know the way to the Father, uh, because I go before you to pre- prepare a, a place for you. And Thomas goes, Jesus, we don't know what you're talking about. Where are you going? What, what is this that you're talking about? You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And it kind of says what's on all the disciples' minds, but uh, he's the only one with the courage to actually step out there and say, Jesus, what are you talking about? And so he, he's continuing kind of this idea of uh, being, being kind of the Eeyore character in, in the Gospel of John. 
And then here, at the end of the gospel, we learn that Thomas was not there with the other disciples when Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection. And so the disciples come to Thomas, they're like, Thomas, 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 guess what? We've seen the Lord. And Thomas says, what? Y'all are full of baloney. I don't know what you're talking about. I saw that guy die on the cross. He was in the tomb. So if you saw him, and you say that he was alive, then I want to be able to put my fingers in the holes in his hand, and I want to be able to thrust my hand into his side. That's a word used there. The NRSV kind of tames it down a little bit. But he says, I want to thrust my hands in there and, and see this thing for real. And he basically says, I want you to prove it to me. I want you to make me a believer. I want you to make me believe. Because unless I see those things, I'm not going to believe a word you're saying. Make me a believer. And so our Gospel of Rock series starts right there. Make me a believer. We're going to start this thing off with the number one song on the charts right now, on the rock charts. This is a song by Imagine Dragons. It's called Believer. And the, uh, I'm just going to preface, the music video is a little weird, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully uh, deconstruct it afterwards. It actually helps, tie, it actually helps me tie, tie this in pretty well. Um, so go ahead and play the video, um, and we'll go from there. Face first, I'm say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, oh, the way that things have been. Oh, oh. Second thing, second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be. I'm the one at the sale, I'm the master of my sea. Oh, oh, the master of my sea. Oh, Shaking my soak into the masses Writing my poems for the few They look at me, took at me, shook at me Killing me, singing from heartache From the pain, taking my message From the veins, speaking my lesson From the brain, seeing the beauty Through the...
to stop. We can't. Inspiring, right? Okay, so let me explain a little bit about what I think is going on in this. Um, I think he's fighting with life there, and uh, the and I think it's an analogy, and I think it actually fits pretty well with what Thomas was experiencing. That our faith, our belief, those things are forged in the fires of life's pain. That until we experience the difficulties in life, we can't know the beauty of new life. And so I think in, in this video, what he's, what he's trying to say is that to be made a believer, it comes from a place of pain. That you must be broken down in order to be built back up again. And so here we have Thomas. He's gone through this crucifixion, the ultimate form of being broken down. This, uh, this man who was supposed to be the savior of Israel, who was supposed to bring about a new Israel and overthrow the Roman government, was totally broken down, experienced ultimate pain. And so how, how can you work through that? How can we come to a place of belief in the midst of that? You've got to make me a believer. You've got to forge me into a believer. I think my, my favorite line, my favorite line in this song is, um, oh, where is it, where is it? Uh, where, where it says, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. Last things last. By the grace of the fire and the flames, you're the face of the future, the blood in my veins. By the grace of the fire and the flames, that it is in the fire and the flames that we can experience God's grace. It is in the midst of the deprivation that God is with us so that we can experience God's consolation. And we can't know what true consolation is. We can't know the power of the resurrection until we've been through the crucifixion. You can't have Easter without Good Friday. And God says, when you go through the Good Fridays, know that Easter is there too. And so the disciples, they all say to Thomas, we've experienced the power of the resurrection. He's alive, he's alive. And Thomas says, well, why didn't I get to experience that? Unless I touch his hands and his side, how can I believe? How can I know that what you're saying 
is true. How can I know the power of Easter unless I have experienced it? And so Thomas, yes, he gets a bad rap, but I think he actually has a point. In order for any of us to truly follow Christ, we too must experience the reality of the resurrection. We must allow God to open ourselves up to that. We must be able to ourselves allow Christ to break into our lives and speak peace. See, here's one of the things that, uh, one of the minor details in this story. The disciples who told Thomas that they had experienced this resurrection, that's all fine and good, except that they stayed behind locked doors. It says they were gathered again eight days later and the door was locked. They experienced the power of the resurrection, but they were staying stuck behind locked doors. And somehow Jesus breaks into there and singles Thomas out and says to all of them, peace be with you. Even though you're trying to lock out the world, peace be with you. Even though you're trying to avoid the pain, peace be with you. Even though you've been through the fire and the flames, grace is here. Resurrection is real. And so we know through this that Jesus was not exactly the same as he was before. You don't just float through locked doors <laughs> if you're exactly the same as you were before. Something is different, and yet something is also recognizable. The scars are still there. And he invites Thomas to experience the reality of the resurrection. He says, see my hands, my feet, come touch them and experience the resurrection for yourself. And then here is where doubting Thomas's name is really unfair. The Greek word for faith is pistos. And Jesus says to him, no more should you be a pistos without faith. In fact, the way that the tenses work in Greek, it's, he's telling him, do not become a person without faith. So he's not saying you're a doubter and therefore wrong about life. <laughs> he's saying don't become a person without faith. Believe. Which is exactly what Thomas had asked for. Thomas had said, make me a believer. I've been through this terrible thing. Make me believe. And sure enough, Jesus shows up when he's locked down and out and dark. Jesus shows up and speaks peace and says, do not become one without faith. Believe. 
because the reality of the resurrection is real. I am risen, and you too can experience the power of the resurrection. What is it in your life that needs resurrection? How do you need to experience the power of new life? How, what is it in your life that needs to be renewed? And maybe it won't look the same as it was before. Maybe it looks completely different. But how do you need to be restored and renewed and made new? Whatever it is, don't lock the door to God. Let God in so that you too can experience the power of the resurrection and proclaim like Thomas, my Lord and my God. Thomas experiences the power of the resurrection and is the first person and last person in the Gospel of John to make the ultimate confession that Jesus is Lord and God and Savior of the world. And the Gospel of John ends this way, in verse 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Let God make you a believer so that you can experience the power of the resurrection in your life and have life in Jesus' name, abundant life that is meant to be shared and overflowed and given and emptied out to others so that they too can experience life, so that this whole world might experience life and be transformed and reconciled to God through the power of his resurrection that conquers sin, death, and evil. Amen and amen.